Inspiration boards are the bane of my existence. I never liked making them. Ever. Ever. And then Pinterest happened, and it all got worse. Like, I signed up for an account back when, like, everybody did, and I tried to use them. And I just wanted to gouge my eyes out with really long needles, like at the end of Antigone. But I didn't. I just stopped using them. So imagine my shock and horror when Janet over at World Anvil says, here, part of your homework for first world building summer camp prep, make an inspiration board. Mm. But they fixed it. They made it short. They made it simple. And they made it very helpful. So let's talk about how they did that and what mine says on this episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and today we're talking about inspiration boards and meta. The homeworks from World Building Summer Camp. We're also going to be talking about my project the Dra for Dragons of Night, and I'm going to be talking about them kind of together and mixed together because I'm very self-conscious about talking about myself if you can't tell. Hmm... I'm going to have to learn to get better about that, aren't I? Anywho, let us continue, shall we? Alrighty, so the inspiration board, which I'm actually going to talk about first, even though it's challenge two. Um, it, it, uh, okay, I already said that I hate doing inspiration boards, and it's because finding things that inspire me is easy. Organizing them in a way that will be useful to keep me inspired is nightmarishly hard, and I don't like doing it. <laughs> it it's, and it's not because I'm not a visual person. Um, I am. I really like doing visual stuff. I do a lot of artwork for my projects, most of which never sees the light of day. And one of the reasons why I'm really excited to be doing World Anvil is you'll get to see a lot more of the art that I make in the background to inspire myself to keep working it's gonna be over there so you're gonna get to see it which makes me very very happy um but yeah it, it's it's never been a process that i've really enjoyed so they simplified theirs into just a couple things three quotes three landscape or location pictures five care three to five character pictures if the show was a theme song what would it be? Had a theme song, what would it be? And three TV shows and movies to watch for inspiration. That's the shortcut. That's it. Short, sweet, to the point. There it is. There you go. And I'm excited because I actually did it. And so let's talk about it. So for my Dragons of Night setting, there actually are a couple quotes that I have kept around with me for years as inspirations. The first is from Isabella Allende, who is a wonderful magic realism writer. Um, she's just, I, I love her work. There's this wonderful quote where she says, 
There is no light without shadow, just as there is no happiness without pain. And I, I, I talk about that a lot, that we not only need contrast, but sometimes these are complementary things. Light and shadow can be complements to each other as much as they can be contrasts to each other. And the same is true with happiness and pain. They can complement each other as well as they can contrast each other. And this is a big part of Dragons of Night and what I'm doing in this world is that pleasure, pain, happiness, pain, light, darkness, it all gets shown for what it is, aspects of life. And I'm really, really happy about that. The next one is from Yates, because you know I was going to quote Yates at some point, didn't you? I mean, have you been listening to the podcast enough? Um, <laughs> Come fairies. Take me out of this dull world, for I would ride with you upon the winds and dance upon the mountains like a flame. Yeah. This makes me laugh. It makes me smile. It also gives a sense of what I'm wanting to do here. I, I like to talk about this as dark fantasy because I do think, you know, my gothic roots do and will run deep into all of this. But at the same time, I, I think you have to have happiness and joy or, you know, see quote number one. If you don't have those moments of happiness and joy, then the darkness is just grimdark and it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. You have to have both for either to have meaning. And this is a setting where there are literal fairies and literal dragons and all of that. And... I've, I don't know if you've made the connection or not, or if you've listened to the podcast enough. I originally created Dragons of Night back when I was fed up. I had been working for a long time, and I used to go to conventions and be on all kinds of panels about stuff. And then it became very common knowledge, I guess, that I was queer. And ever since... It, I, then I had been basically relegated to the diversity panel. I did the LGBT panel and that was it. Uh, it wasn't good enough to talk about anything else. And that has since changed. Like the world got better. And I'm kind of upset that the main convention that I go to this year has been canceled. And that just breaks my heart. But yeah, so, you know, I had just kind of gotten to this point where if I am going to be that queer writer, I'm going to be. I'll show you how queer I can be. So I decided to write a book that was filled with literal fairies where every character is queer in some way, shape or form, if not multiple. And I was just going to blow my career up and let that be the end of it and be done with it all. Because if you're just going to look at me as a queer author, then I'm going to show you how queer I can be. And it turned out to be one of my more popular books. <laughs> Probably at the time, my most popular book. And yeah, probably still my most popular book. So yeah, <laughs> it, it it didn't have the effect that I thought it was going to have. And yeah, so when I hear this, you know, come fairies, you know, take me from this dull world. I, I it, it makes me think of Were the World Mine. If you've never seen that movie, if you've never seen the movie, you have to watch that movie. It's a 
very queer musical adaptation of A Midsummer Night's Dream. And it has this wonderful song in it, you know, you know, fairies away, fetch me that flower. And it, it just, it, yeah, it makes me think of that and makes me laugh, makes me smile. And yeah, I actually watched For the World Mine a lot when I was writing The Chain. The next is a song by Kathy Marr. And it is the song that inspired the setting. And I'm very excited to say that I, I know Kathy Marr. I got to meet her and I actually gave her permission to torpedo the book when I wrote it. I actually sent her a beta copy of it and told her, I said, this was heavily inspired by your song, When Giants Walked. And if you don't like anything about it, I will change it. And if you hate it, it will never see the light of day. And she loved it. She wrote me a beautiful blurb for the back of the book. She, like I said, she full on beta read it and helped me shape the store, shape it and whip it into shape. And I, I love her for it. And so I'm going to read the lyrics to this song for you um, because they are powerful and everyone should know it. So the chorus of the song, which repeats after every verse is, Oh, take me in a dream or real to that old time the earth once knew when all the lands alive with legend shared a future bright and new when all the animals were tame and every creature talked when giants walked. So now let me just take you through the lyrics. Before peculiar was a sin, the world was playground for us all. And giants were our gentle friends before we took that tragic fall. And light was dripping honey on the mountains and the shore. And no one speaks of, but no one speaks of giants anymore. Before peculiar was a sin when honor bound was something real. Before all creatures learned to fear, before we walked, before we learned to lie and steal. The giants danced in circles round the fires we built to share, and now we cannot find them anywhere. And then peculiar turned to sin, and difference meant a friendship's death, and all the rare and special beasts stopped in their tracks and held their breath. And when the giants saw this, there was nothing left to say, and that is when the giants went away. Yes, when peculiar turned to sin, they gathered in their giant hands the different and the defenseless fay, the different and defenseless fay, the strangest creatures in the land, and carried them away. Before another day could dawn, and still somebody knows where, and still nobody knows where they have gone. So now peculiar is a sin, and honor is a useless token. Different means a life alone, and love is better left unspoken. Everyone who lives outside the circle that we've chalked would love to go where giants walked. And if peculiar is a sin, then mark me with a sinner's brand. And if the gods are kind to me, I'll climb into 
some gentle hand and leave behind a world so blind it cannot see my face. And so, and I'm sorry, and go to where peculiar is a grace. I absolutely love that song. I love Kathy Marr's music. If you've never heard of her, it's Kathy with a K M A R. Um, definitely look her up. She, she's amazing. She's wonderful. She's performed at Dragon Con a lot for those of you who go there. So you might have heard of her there. She's a wonderful folk singer and I absolutely love her. And yeah, that song kind of became the backbone of the story and the setting in that the giants saw the way the world was going and created a special hidden world for all of the magical things to live. And that's where our stories generally take place. And those three things are the inspirations that I have. I mean, they really did. They really do kind of encapsulate this world for me. Um, the landscapes and portraits are three pictures that I've included. One is of um, Michael in both his human and dragon form. Um, one is of the fire forest in the other world, and one is of a portal to the other world. And they're really, I like them. The care under characters, instead of putting in images of other people, I actually made, and they're not all represented here, but I put in pictures that I've cobbled together of the main characters in the story that I'm currently working on. And I hope you like them. I really rather enjoy them and how they look and all that. And I'm very excited about that. Okay. So theme song, I, I as you know, from my episode on, you know, my, my, actually you might not know if you don't watch my YouTube channel over on YouTube, I did a video last week about the thing that I would love my, my wildest publishing dreams and my spoiler alert. If you haven't watched it yet, um, go watch it and come back because I could definitely use the views. Trust me. Um, I talked about one of the things that I've always wanted is for one of my books to be turned into a TV series. And so it's not actually uncommon for me to think about what my stories might look like if they were a TV series. It was hard to come up with a theme song because um, I'm doing this for the setting, not so much for the book that I'm working on. And because I actually have a couple for the book that I'm working on, but I'm going to save that for more when I get working much more book specific. But for the series, if the setting were being turned into a t just a general TV show, I would pick Life Eternal by Ghost as the theme song. And it was it was really tricky for me to pick this because I decided to put the Kathy Marr song as the quote because it's the words there that really matter to me. I do listen to that song a lot when I write this in the setting. But Life Eternal by Ghost, and I don't think it's for the reasons they wrote the song, and I don't think it's for the reasons a lot of people take from the song, the series that I'm writing has a lot of mortals and immortals in it and the relationships between them. And this just felt like 
that song of a mortal and an immortal in love and their relationship with each other, which is not, I don't believe, the actual intended meaning of the song, but it's the way that I I hear it when I'm thinking about the setting. And so that's that's how I meant it. And I actually embedded the Spotify link, so you can just listen to it right on the page if you've never heard that song. So link to my inspiration page is in the show notes for this episode. And the TV shows and movies, that that's fairly obvious. That's The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, The um, Charmed, the original series, and Downton Abbey. Because I can't watch any of those without thinking about the setting. So, And I know that for the years that I've been working on it. So the meta, which my meta page is also linked down in the show notes. And I will be going into more detail about this later. Asks the questions, what are your motivation? What genre is the story in? What is its scale, mood, theme, conflict, and yeah. My motivation, which is again, something I will be revisiting constantly throughout this process. My motivation for this project is it's, I hate saying this because it sounds so cliche as a writer, but this, this setting really is my heart. Um, I really like these kinds of stories, and I always have, be it the um, Vampire Chronicles by um, Anne Rice, the Shadow Chronicles, which have good and bad books in them. Um, the first book is really good, and, and some good stuff after that. Um, some good and bad stuff. The second book is the worst book in the series. But, you know, I, I I really like these kinds of dark world stories. I, I really do. And I never really let myself play in them. And that's more than anything what I'm doing now. And in a way, that kind of answers both my motivation and genre. The scale, I'm trying to keep it actually quite small and just talk about what's going on in Blackwood County which is the area where the story takes place, which is in modern-day Maryland. It's not a real place. Don't try to find it on a map. Um, it's roughly analogous to, um, what is it? That would be Frederick County, Montgomery County, um, Washington, D.C., and parts west of there, going off of old maps of Maryland. Um, yeah. I'm trying to limit my world building there. There are things that I have to talk about that happen outside of there because of, you know, characters being immortal and whatnot. And I'm not going to ignore that, but I'm trying to limit it just to this place and really dig into just this place. Um, the mood. I want this story to be a noble gray story. Character sacrifices have the potential to actually change the world, but it, it's not exactly the greatest world to live in because, you know, there, there are monsters that drink blood moving through the night. So, yeah. <laughs> the theme, you know, life is full of wonder and horror. And that those are often aspects of each other. I want this to deal with the concept of love conquers all because friendly, familial, compassionate, romantic, and erotic love will always unite stronger than hate and fear can divide. And that's important to me. Um, I'm not going to get into the conflicts now because I'll be doing that in future episodes. 
when I dig in to the setting with you. But I'm really excited to do this story. I'm really excited to tell these stories and flesh these characters out. And if you haven't done either of these exercises, I have linked them in the show notes for this episode. I highly recommend it because as simple as the information that I just went over sounds like, this is the sort of thing that I used to just keep in my head. And now that it's up and out and I can see it, it really is helping me tell the story in a much better, cleaner, clearer way. All right. So that's it for today's episode. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. If you've got a book, you can pass my... Oh, wait. I'm ahead of myself. If you'd rather hit me up on social media, you can also find me as C.E. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram. And you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If you've got a book, you can pass my way. Down in the show notes, you'll find a link to both my Patreon and listener support. Thank you to everybody who does that. It really does mean the world to me. And especially right now, because if you sign up for my Patreon at the, um, I think, $2 a month level or above, you'll actually get a link to the back end of my Dragons of Night world over on World Anvil that will let you read the zero draft of chapter one of the book that I'm working on is already up there. And... It's a mess, but it's really interesting, and I can't wait to tell this story. If you don't have any money right now, or you don't feel like giving, that's perfectly all right. But if you know anybody that would like anything that I do, please share it with them. That helps out more than you know. Yeah, I think that's it. Just a reminder, this is the last week for a little bit that I'm going to be doing daily episodes of the podcast with um, Camp Nano starting up next week. It, I really want to get a lot of writing done and I really want to jump in with both feet. And I talked about this a bit yesterday. I don't feel like I can do that and do a daily podcast at the same time. So I'll be moving to a weekly format for the next couple of weeks to see how that works. I really would like to know your feelings about that, but I just want to give you, make sure you keep getting the warning so that you're not wondering where the other episodes went next week. Alrighty. I guess that's it for me today. As always, till next time, stay well, stay safe, and don't forget to have the fun. Bye.